The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Ready to move from your good life to one that is amazing? Then you've tuned in to the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, Senior Minister of First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you the tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is amazing. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for being on our show today and and listening to us as I have the good fortune from our show, From Good to Amazing, to talk with author Claire Knowles. Claire Knowles has spent a lifetime studying people and developing a keen intuitive sensitivity about relational dynamics. Claire, welcome to the show today, and I'm so glad you're here. Thank you, Temple. I'm delighted to be here with you and your listening audience. Well, I know that you're an individual that spent a lot of years in the corporate world, and I know that one of the things uh, in today's times is that there are so many people that want to have um, a more flexible schedule, Uh, they want to be their own entrepreneurs. Um, When we look at the aspect of from good to amazing, um, what was that nudge that you had within you that brought you to make some of the changes in your own life? Well, I think it starts with being passionate, passionate about people and about people being able to work constructively together. Now, whether it was in the corporate world where I did HR and labor relations, and if you're familiar with that, then you know that what I was doing was solving people problems, the kind of problems mm-hmm. where people get tangled all up, and they're tangled up in issues and interpersonal conflicts, grievances, etc. They're the kind of things that cripple us from being the best that we can be. And I would just say that it's not just in the corporate world. We'll see that in just about any organization. And I know that there's a way through that mire. I know that it doesn't have to be that way. So, yes, I started out in the corporate world, and I think I went into the corporate world certainly with a very strong feeling of responsibility and work ethic. But I've always had a sense that action is the conscious watchword, and, you know, we are supposed to move forward. It's a natural metamorphosis for us to learn, grow, develop, even at the cellular level we're developing. So I've had this sense that it takes courage in order to take action, courage to move forward in, in spite of our fears. And to muster that courage to move forward is a key in my mind, in my view, to fulfillment but it's also a key leadership element. So for me, just to answer your question specifically about how did I go from good to amazing, it was a recognition while doing what I was all doing in the corporate world that there are a lot of organizations that are hungry for my gifts, and particularly women, and particularly women who really could use some command management skills in the leadership world. So what I have found is that by leaving the corporate world, which was a choice, I've been able to expand the delivery of my gifts into a world that's hungry for them, whether it's a not-for-profit or a for-profit organization or a municipal type of organization. They're hungry out there, and they're hungry for, and getting back to what you had said, they want space. People want to be treated humanely. 
People want to be able to go into work and not be dreading it, not be whispering all the things they do under their breath. And I just say to you and to your listening audience, it doesn't have to be that way. There are ways through the mire if we want to address it. And that's the piece where I bring my skill. That's where my passion lies. And that's a, that's a brilliant point that you're making if you want to address it. You know, and from your book, Lights On, I, I love that, Lights On, A Reflective Journey, because it, it's so true. It's like we say so often, you know, life is not a dress rehearsal. This is it. <laughs> we're, we're on right now. Our lights are on. And I love the, the quote that you've, uh, you have in your book from Anthony Robbins. If you continue to do what you've always done, you will continue to have what you always have had. Now, we know that's a very popular 12-step quote. And, but then he adds, if you want different, and if you do different, you will have different. And, and that's powerful. If you want different, and if you do different, you've got to do different, which is what you're talking about. You've got to go into action to do something different. Then your result will be that you have different. And that's pretty, pretty imp- and that powerful. Takes courage. Yes, it absolutely takes courage. And I would just add to that, that with the lights on theme, being able to see the potential of what might be possible, or turning on the lights is paramount. And so that's where I have kind of moved to, and uh, I'm excited about it, very, very excited about it. I think my role in working with women or women leaders, women-run businesses, organizations, and it doesn't have to be with men or with women only. I've certainly worked with men as well, is I create that spark that in turn lights up a new path, to find a new way together to accomplish the very things people came together in the first place to do together and to find a way through that entanglement. So I think, I know, I don't want to say I think, I know that there is a way to turn dysfunction into function, ineffectiveness into effectiveness, incoherence into coherence, and to really realize the accomplishments that are intended. Now, in your experience, um, you know, they, there's the statement that says a miracle is what happens when you wake up one day and you're there and you don't recall all, all the necessary steps in order that it took you to get there. It's almost like with your prior work, you were in a position of doing um, a humanity study even though you were actually employed by an organization. But because of all the things that you saw in the different windows of how people are and how they show up, either in their brilliance or their limitations, you were able to come together. Was there like a defining moment when you thought, wow, I'm, I'm sitting on a lot of information that the, that the world needs. You know, my daily exposure to the things I've seen will help me, you know, bring a lot of changes uh, and some great ideas to people. Did you always feel there was a book inside you, or did you have like an awakening moment that you felt like, oh, okay, um, this needs to go to paper? How did that come well, about? It's, it's twofold. I'll answer the, the first part of that. I think in my later years in the corporate world, one of the things that I often did was work with community groups, sort of as an ambassador from the company to help. And... Uh, When I would do that, I found that I had skills that other people didn't seem to see, or to have, rather. They didn't seem to be able to see a way through where I could see the big picture and the detail. So there wasn't an awakening there. And I would say that I was probably in my late 40s when I realized that, that I do have a gift here. So that would be, uh, you know, the answer uh, to that one Mm -hmm. question. Then regarding the book... I began to write articles for a uh, local uh, women's online magazine, and I also wrote for Washington Woman Magazine and Natural Awakenings, and these would be one- or um, two-page articles all around women's wisdom. And some were about the corporate workplace. Some were my musings. Some were reflections on life and learnings that I'd had along the way. And about... Three years ago, I was doing a workshop at, um, at Eckerd College in, with um, 
a group of women in the Women's Studies program, and one of the young women asked me if I'd ever put all my articles together in one place. And I realized I had not. They were in my computer, but not even in one file. And that was the spark temple for me to say, you know what, it's time for you to do that. And after that uh, question that was posed to me, I began to pull them together. And then it was a matter of meeting someone who said, why don't you put a book together? And the more I thought about it, I said, yes, I'm going to do that. So I'm happy to tell you and your listening audience that the book came out in April of this year, and it's now on Amazon.com, which makes me very happy. But the book really is like a big business card for me. It's, and it's, it's actually doing very well, um, <laughs> your book. So that, that's really exciting and, and so evident, you know, that there's such a need for um, – for this kind of work, I mean, people like you said, they're they're hungry for it. Uh, they're ready to move forward. Um, they're ready to step into to their courage. In your book, you talk a lot about moving forward, um, and and we we talk about that a lot in unity about how you know the best is always yet to come, but yet uh, there are many people that either make new decisions today based upon their past. So they're in a kind of a stuck place, you know, of not projecting new possibilities into today. They, they carry over yesterday or what didn't work out or what they don't want to have again and what they keep continuing to create over and over again is what they don't want from yesterday <laughs> rather than, <laughs> than seeing, you know, that there needs to be a, a freshness, a, an openness, um, you know, thank God for you that when the person asks you the question, do you have all that you've written all in one place, um, you could said, oh, no, I don't, you know, no, thank no, I don't, no, and not really heard that, you know, but that's about being in the moment of being open to to what things are showing on your path that are fresh and that are new, uh, because that's basically what we say in Unity Prosperity is simply just that one creative idea that you're still waiting to have. But you talk about moving forward. Um, when, you, when it comes to leadership, um, give us some nuggets about what you feel moving forward is. And uh, you're talking about in your, your book is, is most time life is moving forward, but are we moving forward with life? And that's kind of a key question, isn't it? Yes, it is. It truly is. I guess I would answer that on different levels. One would be on an individual level. I think the book helps to uh, give people some new perspectives, uh, some new ideas, and particularly questions that if they answer them, and they answer them honestly, that they really can change, again, if they want to. On another level the leadership end of it. Uh, one pointer I'll give, which is a very simple piece, and it has to do with moving forward, and it's about change management. And if a leader is trying to institute a change and has implemented it and it doesn't work and you're back to the drawing board and you're recycling, 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 the real piece to look at is so what is anchoring it to the past. And so many people and leaders get so forward-moving that they don't look back, when indeed it's the systems and processes and old and principles that aren't serving their organization that, are, is, that is holding that back. So that's just a little tidbit. But more importantly, I think from a leadership standpoint, what I would want to say is this. As I work with groups of people and leaders, we do... Uh, uh, workshops wherein we would ask the sort of things, where are you trying to go, what is, what is happening now for you, what are their issues, you know, what are your relationships. Not a lot different than most systems change frameworks, but there's a major piece that is different, and this is key to answer your question. Mm-hmm. It's what are the principles that the leader and the organization is living by as they carry out their day-to-day work. And that is where the elephants lie. That is where 
individuals, leaders, organizations will espouse that they are doing this, 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 and this. They're living by this sort of a principle. But when, in fact, if you look at where they want to be, but yet they're not able to get there, there's an elephant in that mix. There is a principle that is not true. They may be espousing it, but it is not. So they've made another principle. For example, if an organization was really trying to have a much safer workplace and they espouse their value that they follow the safety rules, but yet on the midnight shift they don't when supervision is not around, then they've espoused a principle that is not there, and that elephant is very easy to detect. If you have an organization of women who are working together but can't get along, and you have turf battles, you have uh, unprofessional behaviors happening, they may espouse to you that we're all trying to, to get out at the end of the day with our work done, et cetera, et cetera. But what they're not saying is they're making it miserable, and they've made it okay to be miserable. And that's, that's the type of an elephant that needs to be lifted up and addressed. So I want to go back and just say and underscore that the most important thing to me when I work with any group or any leader is to know what are the patterns that are really going on. What are the principles you're really living by and working with day to day? And if they're great patterns, then you can enhance those, and the organization can get better and better. But if they're patterns that are destructive, then they need to be addressed. And there we come back to the courage issue for a leader to be able to do that. How do you engage your organization to be able to move forward and address those things? It's like having that overdue conversation. It's what's the most important thing we have to talk about today. How do we get through this together? And how do we have to be together? What new principles do we have to commit to live by? So that, I think, fits Temple with what you had said about sometimes people get to a point, but they just don't want to take the action. In an organization, it's the same thing. It's just that new principles must be lifted up. We have to name them. We have to commit to them and move forward that way. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense, and it's so good hearing you articulate this information because it's certainly information that everyone, including myself, can benefit from, is having principles that are guiding you daily and ones that you take a stand for and willing to live by when the lights are on. I'm talking today with Claire Knowles, and her website is Lights on Leadership, Success for, that's the number for, women. Dot com And you can email me, amazing at unity.fm, if you have other questions that you would like to ask. Uh, I want to thank all of you for participating with our Unity Online Radio and for the donations that you make that allow us to continue to have this message in a world today that is so welcomed and ready to hear what we have to say and to share. We'll be right back after break. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. Have you ever experienced the silence? If you're someone who balks at the idea of spending extended time in silence, and the very thought of it makes you say, I could never do that, then we have the perfect retreat to make a convert of you. Join Reverend Paulette Pipe for the Touching the Stillness Retreat, October 4th through the 7th, 2012 at Unity Village. Being in the silence is easier than you think. 
and more rewarding than you can imagine. Beginners and advanced meditators alike will be enriched as together we co-create a safe, sacred environment that incorporates just the right amount of soul-nourishing prayer and meditation practices to usher us deeper and deeper into the silence. Not only will you likely achieve a transformative experience of the divine, but once you've touched the stillness, you may wish for even more time to hush and listen. Reverend Paulette Pipe, host of the Touching the Stillness program on Unity Online Radio, invites you to explore the silence with her during the Touching the Stillness retreat, October 4th through the 7th, 2012. Make your reservation for this retreat now. Go to touchingthestillness.org and click on Calendar. That's touchingthestillness.org. There is hope that is growing. Unity Online Radio is turning five this year, and we're throwing the biggest bash of all. A cruise to the Caribbean, November 10th through 17th, 2012. We'll celebrate in style aboard Holland America Line's Eurodam, with sunshine, fine dining, and a selection of island excursions at beautiful ports of call in the Eastern Caribbean. Plus, feed your spirit with music, message, and meditation. Your favorite host will be there, and we hope you join us too as we celebrate five years of spiritual programming at Unity Online Radio. For more information, go to www.unity.fm slash cruise. Thank you for tuning in for From Good to Amazing with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at amazing at unity.fm. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone. And um, I'm sure you heard the, the beautiful advertisement about the cruise. Just want to remind you to... Go ahead and make that decision. We're talking about making choices today and commitment, and we are so excited about this cruise in November, and many of us as hosts will be there. I myself will be doing a workshop that is something I've never offered before, and I'm just really excited about you participating and being part of this, so please be sure and join us. You can go to unity.fm forward slash cruise and find out more about it. Hurry, don't wait too long because um, it's filling up fast. I want to welcome again uh, Claire Knowles. She is the author of Lights on a Reflective Journey, Illuminations to Move Your Life Forward with these. Claire Knowles is a a long-term corporate exec uh, with lots of knowledge about people, human development, uh, people's um, aspiring for greatness or being amazing, as well as people being held back by dysfunction or unhealthy. And Claire, one of the things that we had talked about before our break was the fact of how, you know, you could go into these organizations and you could have some insight and awareness. It would be so easy to see on the outside looking in about the dysfunction and the unhealthiness that exists when you have a tribe of people together, which in one of those ways we call organizations or or corporate worlds. Um, What would you say that you have learned or that you know uh, in the research and the work that that you've done? Well, I think I'd like to uh, share that not just from the corporate world, because overall I think I had a very good experience there. But in the consulting that I've done, different organizations that I've gone into, you know, I've been told that I go where angels fear to tread. And that is because I can go into organizations and work teams that are highly dysfunctional. And it's difficult. It takes courage to lift up those elephants and to address them head on because, hey, it would be a lot easier to live in denial and keep spinning in circles and not move forward. But here's what I know to answer your question. I know that when dysfunction and incoherence, when organizations become ineffective, inefficient, when 
mediocrity and apathy begin to invade, that business or that organization or that workplace, that work team, that work group, or even that board of directors, well, that's what breeds interpersonal discord. That's when you start to see the unprofessional behaviors. And yes, even personal cruelty and the unchecked diminishment of people in the workplace. And all this blocks the organization from accomplishing their goals. And as I said earlier, it doesn't have to be that way. People and organizations can change if they want to. Now, I say this, and it is in the negative. I, I recognize that. But I really feel that from what I have seen, my mission now has really become to eliminate the cruelty that often comes with that dysfunction, with dysfunctional workplaces and work groups and work teams. And what I do is help leaders so that they can achieve a balance for meeting and exceeding their business objectives while having an environment for the nourishing of the human spirit and developing the potency of people. So if I can shed some light on those type of situations, I certainly want to do that. And if I can show there's a different way to be together to accomplish the work that a team or an organization has come together to do in the first place, then that's what I'm going to do. And it's my way of making the world a little better. I really firmly believe that in working with women and organizations, they can be the best they can be together, again, if they want to, if they can see that there is another way to be. And that's what I try to do. Not sure if this is the right place um, for this, but particularly I like to help women who I want them to become better leaders. If I've learned something in the corporate world, and when I go out to non-corporate world, or I, I work in in places where that type of training just hasn't been there, I really want to see women be able to step in and step up and be much more effective in their leadership. And I feel very strongly about women and helping women to move forward, not to hang back, but rather to use the gifts that they've been given. You know, we don't have to play the old mother may I anymore. We don't have to ask permission to move forward. There's an expectation of us to do that. I find I love that. that. that that's yeah. so true. There, there tends to be sometimes more of a, a passive nature um, uh, for for people for for women and I I know that um, I don't know if you're aware of this for 15 years I've been a speaking coach and it's very interesting the number of people that I that I work with and specifically again with women that they'll have this wonderful voice you know a rich clear command voice but yet when they go in front of a microphone or they go in front of a group. They become like the squeaky mouse, you know, and very soft-spoken and very almost apologizing for their for their very existence. And I agree with you. It's so wonderful when you see women that are comfortable being empowered and, and being comfortable in their own skin that they, they ask for what they want, uh, they lead without hesitation, um, and they... They co-create and collaborate with other people uh, to do dynamic things. It's it's very powerful and so good to see them when they feel free or validated um, that they can step in with lights on to that new dimension of who they are. Absolutely. And when you think that, I, I often will uh, group that type of uh, of a desire for strong leadership into what I call command management skills. And it's, it's very much being decisive, not wishy-washy. And to be offensive, not on the defensive. And to not wing it. And to be able to take criticism and learn from it. So many people will crumble when, uh, when criticized. And another piece, I think, is getting women, um, and this is a generality, I, I realize that, is to measure performance to really see at the end of the day what has been accomplished. And another thing is sometimes we let our politeness mask the truth. And I spoke to that earlier about principles, is one of the principles could be we're always nice to each other. Well, we can always be nice to each other, but that may mean that we're not telling the truth when we need to step up, that something isn't right and it needs to be corrected. And it's a behavior that is not 
helping the organization toward its goals. I think sometimes we forget that business is business, whether we're a for-profit, a not-for-profit, a municipal. We're, we're trying to do something. We're trying to accomplish something. And what is it that, what behaviors are getting in the way of that? So I think that there is a, a way for women to be able to use our intuitive knowing along with some wonderful leadership skills to much more effectively lead our organizations forward so that we can do it deliberately and with gusto and with confidence. So I, an entire section of my book, Temple, is kind of intended for women to be able to look at that and goal setting and being able to step forward. Yeah, it's a wonderful book. I've I've had the uh, good good pleasure um, to to read different parts of it, and it has so much. And I just want to encourage everyone again to take the time to go to Lights on Leadership Success for Women. That would be the number four women uh, dot com, and learn more about Claire, the work that she's doing. Uh, in the world, as well as it will, um, there's a link there that you can order this book. This is one of the must-haves. This is also a great book to give to some of your managers and leaders <laughs> if you want to, in a subtle but profound way, uh, give them some insight. You know, without feeling that you're the one having the talk, uh, you could let um, you could let Claire do the talking for you by having um, her book uh, placed on their desk. Uh, you had mentioned, uh, Claire, a little bit earlier about the cruelty. Um, would you, um, so I'm not uh, assuming, um, and I didn't want us to kind of you know gloss over that. I feel um, that whenever leaders are controlling and do not allow the space for their employees and their co-workers to become empowered and to be able to discover some of their unraveled or hidden talents, that that's cruelty. Is that, you know, because that it doesn't create that sense of well-beingness. It doesn't create that sense of satisfaction. And when you look at the fact that people spend a third of their life, if not more, at where they work or they are employed, um, is that the reference that you're making? I, ju- I just, I mean, that would be mine if I if I defined it. You know, like what would that look like for you? I would I would say that that's cruel when I go into places and they don't have a voice, they don't have a say, um, and the people that are leading it are just so dysfunctional and really need to go do something else. Um, what's your take on that? Well, I think you're right on, and I think there are many forms of cruelty. Certainly what you described is one. Often when I talk to women um, who are really concerned and and really wondering, can I stay in this job? I don't know if I can handle it anymore when it gets to that sort of mental type of use. Um, I see that as very cruel. It's a diminishment of the person. And whether... I don't quite know how to say this, but it seems like these snide remarks, a word you, uh, portmanteau is snarking, that is so prevalent in workplaces today that demeans and diminishes an individual. And when this is not stopped, I don't want to say that it's encouraged, but it is not stopped. Therefore, by not stopping, it continues there can be individuals in the organization who are terribly hurt by this, whose performance is therefore affected, who wonder whether or not their self-worth is, is, is valid, uh, and, and there's people that invalidate time after time after time. And I really believe that's when the leaders have to open their eyes and see what is really going on. So that's, a, that's an example of, of another type of cruelty. And I think... I will, I will often ask women, so what kind of things do you say to yourself when you're driving home at night? Or what are you dreading when you go into work? And often the answers to those type of questions will lift up what's really going on. And definitely the type of, of leader who says it's my way or the highway, 
then that is the type of person that is a command and control leader. And they do not leave room for people to grow or develop. It's stifling. I often will use the metaphor of a beach ball where the leader might be on the green stripe, but the green stripe can't see everything on the blue, the yellow, the white, or the purple stripe, and yet assumes that he or she does know everything. And it's interesting because it's the whole that is needed. Each of those stripes informs another, and we're all part of it together. And that a leader who, who is very keen on sharing information and understanding is what I'm doing on the green stripe going to affect you on the yellow stripe and in what way might that be good or indifferent or bad, if a leader is willing to open up and listen to and, and look at the whole, uh, it's, it's a much better way of leading. And there's a whole science of complexity around the whole idea of self-organizing leadership. And I won't go into that all today, but basically there's three elements that are keen to the success of a leader being the kind of leader you would desire the opposite of the kind of leader that's a command and my way, the highway only. And that type of leadership involves a dimension where much emphasis is put on information. Where is it coming from? How is it shared? How is it dispersed? What do we need to know? But it's a group type of element. And there's another another domain of that self-organizing leadership that has to do with our relationships. What are we doing to try and build and enhance our relationships together so that we together as a group and as a team can move the organization forward and we all benefit and move forward together? And the other piece is the whole aspect of identity. And that identity really means how are we in reference to the whole and how are we in reference to the work we're trying to do, what we're trying to get out into the world, what we're trying to accomplish, what the business is in business for. And when a person is in an organization that is the top-down, command-and-control type of organization, you would find very little emphasis on how does the individual relate to the whole. That person is minimized. That person is told what to do, when to do it, how to do it, and, and treated as if they don't have that brain. So it's a, it is a leadership choice. How is a leader going to engage the organization? One way or another way? And it is a choice. Absolutely. You are right on, Temple Hayes. Absolutely. And it's a big it's a big choice, and in the twenty first century, it it's a necessary choice mm-hmm. <laughs> for, for that that to be people realizing that we we coexist. Um, not long ago, I was appointed to our Unity Worldwide Ministry Board, and you know, I was I was very I'm very honored and looking forward to the task. But you know, the staff was congratulating me, and I was saying that. It never was I confused that I was always very clear that they are part of the reason that I'm there because I learned many years ago in playing softball that it didn't matter how good I was. And in my case, it just so happened that I was really good at that particular time. If the other eight weren't great, um, I never got to be seen. <laughs> you know, I mean, you could be as good as you thought you could be um, or dreamed you could be. But if the other eight didn't help you win, um, you would go through the season um, and it would be a sad season and there would be all that there was to it. You really needed all eight people to be as good as you, if not better, in some ways and in some cases. And it's so true. It just makes all the difference 
as far as that leadership model. I love your analogy. I'd like to use that sometime about the beach ball, if you're okay with that. We're having a wonderful, rich, and um, just great conversation with Claire Knowles today, uh, talking about her book, Lights On, A Reflective Journey, Illuminations to Move Your Life Forward with Ease. Wow, we're all looking forward to having more of that big word called ease. I'm Temple Hayes, and you're listening to From Good to Amazing. Thank you for forwarding this show, um, the MP3 files to your family and friends, because everyone in the world can benefit in learning how to move from good to amazing. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. When you pray, do you wonder if anyone is listening? What should and can you ask of God? Why aren't your prayers being answered? Prayer is a challenge for many of us. Now there's a new book that can help deepen your understanding. Based on his 35 years in ministry, author Jim Rosemurgy has developed a prayer and meditation practice called The Gathering. In just 40 days, The Gathering will become your foundation for a genuine, ever-deepening experience of God's imminent presence and unlimited power. You'll understand that God can't fulfill your needs, but your needs can be met. You'll see that prayer isn't something you do. It's something you experience. Explore Jim Rosemurgy's new book, The Gathering, a 40-day guide to the power of group and personal prayer. Available now at www.unitybooks.org. Whether you love the Bible or hate it, turn to it daily or refuse to have it in your house, The Bible Alive! Exploring Your Spiritual Roadmap is a program designed just for you. Here on Unity FM, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley presents the Bible as a practical, powerful spiritual roadmap full of wisdom and guidance for the challenges of life today. A roadmap for your spiritual journey. Isn't that just what you are seeking? Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, for The Bible Alive, exploring your spiritual roadmap with Rev. Ed Townley, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. We now return to From Good to Amazing with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone, and um, thank you again for all the support that you offer from our show, From Good to Amazing. We're featured in over 117 countries now, and we thank you because you are a great big part of that and the reason that our that our show has become so popular. They're definitely the tools that help people enrich their lives and to make much-needed changes, um, and, and the whole thing is regardless of where any of us are at this particular time or how successful we may be, there's always a golden nugget away. And I'm sure Claire, my feature guest today, Claire Knowles, I'm sure you will agree with me that I have a sense you're just like me. Whenever I can go to a class, I'm there. Whenever I can, I'm seated in the front row. And I always have my notebook and my pencil because I know I'm going to learn. And for me, I think that's one of the core values of a great leader is understanding the ability of being a student and being open to learn. I'm almost shocked when I meet somebody in the 21st century that is a know-it-all. <laughs> and there's just no other way to call them that. But they just know everything. You know, and it's like... Really? Are you kidding? I mean, are you kidding? I mean, come on. I mean, it's when I think I know something that I actually realize, wow, what did I think I knew? knew? And then that's when I learn even more, you know. So anyway, thank you for the modeling that you're doing out in the world, and I acknowledge you for that. We were talking uh, earlier in, a, in one of our segments about leadership and how still so many people surprisingly want to lead as a command control person. But let's talk a little bit about uh, 
model leadership of the kind of leaders that we want to be um, out in the world today and give us some insight about what you think that can look like. Well, I think the uh, beach ball metaphor that we spoke on before this last break is uh, uh, an excellent picture to keep in mind because leaders who are really trying to learn with their organization and recognize a leader of an organization, if that person isn't leading, in other words, doesn't have followers with them, they're not going very, going far very fast. So one of these things that I teach leaders and that we do in um, organizations when we work with them is to identify the patterns that are going on. These are the deep patterns that we might see uh, going on underneath. And one of the things I would ask a leader to do, separate from the group, is to really think about where are the pockets in my organization that are uh, excelling and make another sheet for the pockets of the organization where things aren't quite going so well. And then I would ask that they go back and look at the, the, the piece of, of excelling and go back at that and look at the patterns in terms of those three areas I had suggested earlier around information, sharing information, around relationship building, and around identity and connections. Uh, that is to the business mission, you know, and kind of get your own idea as a leader. What is making the difference for me as to why I'm having this pocket that excels? So the next question, of course, would be how do I enhance this? Now, involving people is the most important thing that a leader can do to really learn and grow. So if the leader were to ask the question on the opposite side of that page, on where could my organization be doing better? What do I see? Where could it be more effective? Where could it be more aligned? And then the leader needs to name that. And that's a piece that is often not done. Just name what it is that the leader sees. And to kind of sense patterns around that, for example, what are the blockages to improved effectiveness? Do, uh, do certain problems keep repeating over and over? Do you spend a lot of time recycling? Does it seem like one hand doesn't know what the other hand's doing? Do people seem not to understand what they're supposed to do? Is there a lack of coherence from one group to another? Are there turf issues getting in the way? But you describe what you sense. And then comes the peace temple that we were talking about, and that's engaging people. Hold an important conversation with them, and all you have to say is, you know, I'm wondering. I'm sensing a deep pattern here that's preventing us from getting where we want to be, and I want to explore that with you. Do you see what I see? Do you on the yellow stripe see what I see on the green? And there's other questions in that line. You know, what are we pretending not to see? Or what's the topic that you hope I won't bring up? What's at stake here, and have we clarified it? You know, what really has to happen to change, to break the pattern? If we can agree here, this is what we're seeing. But it's once getting everybody into the fold and addressing it and naming it, then you can move forward. If it just lays out there like an elephant under the rug, then you're not going to move forward, and it festers. And leaders really do a disservice to their organization if indeed they don't lift up those elephants. And the description I just showed, just shared with you really in lifting up the patterns, seeing what you see, that's not difficult. It doesn't take that much courage to have a conversation, especially if you started out, you know, I've been wondering about this. I think I'm seeing something here. Do you see what I see? Can you imagine how powerful that can be to make change? 
Wow. I mean, I, I can just sense, you know, some of the employees uh, just immediately taking a great big breath, like, oh, my gosh, how I've waited for this moment. You know, this is my moment here that that I feel safe and, and open and I have the ability to um, to define, you know, some of the things that I would like to see. I think it would be hugely just um, big. As far as putting, um, what is that phrase that that um, Stephen Covey uses in the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? Putting a great big deposit in someone's emotional bank account that would have to make an employee feel special um, mm-hmm. to be able to have the ability to share and knowing that they'll get heard. Yes, and not only heard, but but assured that there's not a penalty for doing this because when you're really open, and this comes back to the leader wanting to learn, if you really want to learn how the organization can move forward, those doing the tasks have a big piece of the puzzle. And just asking this question, what's the most important thing we need to talk about today to be better at who we are together, to be better at the task we're trying to do, to be better at planning our future, to be better at addressing A, B, or C, that's powerful. It's hugely powerful, so much more powerful than a command control manager who says, Joe, you're doing A, Betty, you're doing B, and I want it at the end of the day. it, It just is so much more powerful and so much more effective. So what I often challenge leaders to do is to to really think about their organizations and what are the patterns that they see. And um, the whole area of complexity science and and this uh, information relationship and identity piece that I had alluded to earlier, that's all about the patterns that are running underneath. You can look at an organization as if it were a tree, and if you can imagine the boughs and then the branches and the leaves, what you see with the leaves and that all growing forward is your potential. It's what you're trying to do into the future. It's your strategic plan. Where are you going? But then you've got a trunk of a tree, a good solid trunk of the tree. And when you see that trunk, that's all the things you're doing that are the operational. It's the payroll. It's the the specific work tasks, whatever that organization is, is, is needed to do. But then think about this. Underneath the ground where you can't see it are the roots of the tree. They're invisible from the top. And the leader must be able to know what's underneath, what, what, where are the roots and what are they feeding and what is the nutrition coming in here. That's where self-organizing leadership has its place on the metaphor of a tree. It's the root structure. It's what we're doing together to inform each other. It's the information piece. It's the building the relationship piece. And it's ensuring we have an identity together, not expelling one person from the identity. It's growing together and it's, it's the piece that is all people-oriented because work gets done through people. An organization is an organization because of people. Yet so often we're thinking about where we're going and the operations of the command control piece of the day, and we're not thinking about people. And that's where change can happen by, uh, by a leader becoming very cognizant, very aware that every piece of their leadership day, every question they ask can be moving the whole organization forward simply by, simply by emphasizing the information, the relationship building, and the identity piece, the connection to the whole. So well, Claire, I that, hope that this is... helped. <laughs> Absolutely, and that is uh, such great knowledge. This is the kind of information, too, that people can just forward, you know, to some of their coworkers and to people in organizations. It really has been a pleasure having you on our show today. 
I want to remind everyone that I'm Temple Hayes with From Good to Amazing, and I've been spending this time with Claire Knowles. And Claire is an author of the book Lights on a Reflective Journey. You can go to her website. She has speaking engagements and workshops. Uh, she's a, a great known coach um, throughout the country. And her website is Lights on Leadership Success for Women. Dot com or lightsonworkshop.com. Claire, thank you so much for being on our show today, and I look forward to you being on our show again, and good luck with all the changes that you are co-creating in our world and moving our world from good to amazing. Thank you, Claire. Temple, thank you very much. I, I really appreciate this time. Let's lift up some possibilities for other organizations. Absolutely. Thank you, and thank you, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to From Good to Amazing with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Monday at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern for more tools to move your life from good to amazing. This program is brought to you in part by Temple Hayes Ministries Online at www.templehays.org and First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. Online at www.unitycampus.org. Music Speaks Louder Than Words is an inspiring, informative, and fun hour of uplifting, heartfelt music and commentary that delivers a powerful message of love, joy, and oneness. It will keep you smiling and singing along. Your host, Dale Worley, is alive with the Spirit of God each Thursday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, with Music Speaks Louder Than Words. Music, it's the only thing that the whole world listens to. Inspiration only takes a moment. Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard shares this from his book, Good Questions. We are here to learn, grow, experience, savor, exalt, cherish, create, and to use our connection with that mind to make safe decisions. We are here to share to be fruitful and to multiply the good over and over again. Centering on the divine within, we become still and realize that whatever happens, we are still one with God. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Good parenting doesn't happen by default. It's intentional. It's a decision about who you'll be and what you'll do in your family life. Join your hosts, Reverends Jennifer and Ogan Holder, each week for Unity Family Matters as they guide you on a spiritual journey, creating conscious family life. Experience the light side of parenting, realizing your divine identity while raising your children to know they are the light of God. Gain insights based on unity principles. Talk with today's prominent experts in spiritual parenting and address your questions and comments from spiritual perspectives. Unity Family Matters. Every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. truly understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting, no more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you're ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks, so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. 
Join host Ray Zander every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.